Hey everyone, welcome to Luke's Action Movie Podcast. Welcome everybody. Hang on. He's what? What do you mean? Oh, sorry, Luke and Dave's Action Movie Podcast. No, 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 no. Um, I'm glad you thought of me, but it's the other part of the introduction that I'm not really following. Action? You don't like action? Well, this isn't an action movie podcast. Oh, okay. So we, the problem is I saw an, a really good movie on the weekend, uh, The Raid 2. Right. And I just kind of want to talk about action movies now. So that's like good. a cult action hit, mm. right? Mm. Okay. So we should just talk about that. Okay. Uh, I would profess little knowledge of action movies to bring to the table. Are you some sort of expert with action movies? Well, I just saw The Raid 2, so yeah. Okay. All right. I just can't see that much content coming out of this particular episode if it's just Raid 2 related. <sighs> but I haven't seen it. Maybe that's wrong of me to say that. Um, so should we just go back to doing a beer podcast? It's probably a good thing. Even though because we do have a guest as well. So. Oh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't got a beer guest. We didn't get a Didn't get a Raid 2 desk. Guest. Yeah, guest so. Sorry, Hendo, are you, do you know anything about action movies? I uh, love action movies, but I haven't seen Raid 2. Oh, yeah. man. All right. So maybe we should revert to the original plan. All right, welcome to Luke and Dave's Stupid Out of Time podcast where we talk about beer and... Stuff. Hey Dave. Good. Oh, I was going to say good morning, but this is a slight shift in schedule. Yeah, we're, no, normally we're drinking in the PM morning. PM start for us today. Um, Who's responsible for that? Hendo, how's it going? Hi. <laughs> Hello, <Hendo>. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? Uh, awesome. Uh, so yeah, welcome our guest uh, Steve Hendo Henderson from Brew Cult, who will be chatting about some uh, some of his stuff a little bit later. Great to be here. Yeah, good to have you. First, we'll mention what beer we're drinking. Yeah, good idea. What are we drinking? <laughs> we are drinking the Cromarty Brewing Company Rogue Wave from Scotland that was uh, given to us very kindly by um, Johnny at Experience It's. Is it Cromarty or Cromarty? Well, mm. uh, we were, I was educated by the uh, sessionable bod- podcast they had, Willie Wilson, on who let us all know that it was Cromarty. So, um, you got to roll the tongue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to put that. Uh, Cromarty. you got to put that Scottish accent into it to get it right. So. Mm. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like... It's a explicitly hopped pale ale, extra pale ale. It smells really nice. I don't know if it's... I don't know if the flavour like accompanies the aroma. It's kind of a surprise. But probably a little bit older. It's not super it's fresh. probably a little bit long in the tooth, this one. Yeah, but yeah. still tasty. Yeah, I, I imagine if it was fresh, it'll be yeah. um, outstanding. And um, from what I understand, these guys do a lot of amazing beers as well. So Yeah, it was a good little one to... Uh, good one. What else have you been up to, Dave? Have you been up to anything? What's happened in the last couple of weeks? We went to that... Uh, well, chronologically, we went to the Mountain Goat mm. Brewery for the, well, just for the IPA and fried, fried chicken. chicken night. Mm. Did you go along to that, Hendo? No. Did you get along to really that? Really good. But I'm already salivating. Yeah. Oh, it was really, it was really good. It was Rockwell's chicken, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Casey um, was on hand manning the fryer. and He's so good. Oh, they're, so they're showcasing their IPA range. There wasn't all of them there. They didn't have their coffee one. I don't think they... Is it all kind of a black IPA? Then that never. Showed. Yeah, it was advertised, but I don't recall seeing that one. Um, I for me the standout was the regular IPA. Yeah, that was tasting pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed the rye IPA. Yep. Um, and the kegged version of Fancy Pants was tasting pretty good mm. as well. The one, the beer that we had recommended by our previous guest, the India Red Ale from Mountain Goat, 
I don't think I'm a fan of it. Dave, you enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah, we, we discussed this because mm. I really enjoyed it and I think it might be – I think you might enjoy it more if they dropped the India off the name of the beer. So you think I'm – It's a real smooth red ale. Yeah. It hops it there but um, – yeah. Well, I had it on cask yesterday at the Ale House Project uh, Hop Fest mm-hmm. and it was dry hopped in the cask. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. really good. You know, you were there. Did you have a go at that one? I had everything but. Oh, you missed out. <laughs> I was just like – I was just – Guzzling everything else and just <laughs> didn't get to it, and then it was the only one man. I, look, it's my local, so I, I, I might head back there this afternoon mm. and go smash on. Well, yeah, that beer out of a cask. I think Good. you're probably right if it was um, drop the India, call it a red ale out of the cask. I'd... Mm. But I am a sucker for a cask beer. Uh, when I walked in yesterday, Alex, the the barman there, said, "Cask ale, Luke. Like, <laughs> how did you know? Your yeah, reputation <laughs> precedes you. Um, I don't drink enough cask beer. I don't think mm. you know." I enjoy it. I just don't think I drink enough. Mm. We don't see enough, especially no. locally produced cask beer. I think that's something I'd like to see. Few and far between. Some of the so. some of the ones um, for the cask uh, no the cask takeover thing they had at the tap house recently, things like the um, Hargreaves Hill ESB was just mm-hmm. so good out of a cask, like mm. the way that beer should be presented. Um, so. And the uh, over. Hang, I guess, for want of a better term, at the Craft Beer Rising, you just sat on the Hightail, Cask mm. Hightail, while there was some excellent beers on tap. There's 20 beers on tap and I'm just, just drinking. Just hitting the, hitting the Hightail. Yeah. It was Legend. tasting pretty good. Though. Yeah. I'm a simple man. Oh, no, just on the, while we're on topic, uh, there's two, I found out there's two different batches of the Fancy Pants come out, a keg version and a canned version. Because mm. when I had the canned version, I sort of tasted it and I thought, Tastes a little bit like I said. I thought restrained was the word mm. I used. But, oh, that's um, a shame. Yeah, so it's, I think it's five point two percent in the can mm. and five point six or five seven in the keg version. So yeah, earlier I think it was this week the Mountain Goat announced their summer, sorry, their winter seasonal for cans to replace the summer summer ale, um, and it was Fancy Pants, which uh, yeah, excited a lot of people. Yeah, I was very excited. It's um, not quite the I'm, same as mm. the rare breed one, at least. I haven't tried it yet, um, but we also went along like, to the. Let's like. <laughs> Be clear, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's really good, but it's just not quite what you're expecting if you've uh, been familiar with the packaged Rare Breed version. Speaking of cans, we also attended the Mornington Pale Ale can launch this At week. At the local tap house, yep. Yep, um, so they have launched their pale and cans, which was tasting really good. They tweaked the recipe. They put a bit more a bit more dry hopping with Amarillo than the regular batch. Um, and I really reckon you showed. could tell, because even in drinking straight from the can... Mm. Big aromas, tasted really, really good. Drinking from a can is, I think, very awesome. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still get the aroma out of a can. Like the, the yep. opening of a can isn't that small. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Mountain Goat Summer. Mm. Yeah, out of a can. I, I, think, right. I think it's just magnificent. Mm. And it was on my, one of my five votes for Hottest 100 mm. last year. Um, but I think, you know, take your observation, Dave, is that, the, the, the having the same beer off draft, it's a different experience. Mm. You know, I'm not saying it's better or worse or anything. Like that. Mm. I'm just saying it's a different experience, and maybe it's just something about having a nice cold tinny in your hand mm. that sort of c- completes the experience. You know, it's the like I did the same last night. I had a uh, Mornington Pale can mm. at Ale House, and that's why I didn't get to the cask beer. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah hit that that streak. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I had the same beer. Last night, did you get the hot dog deal with the with the beer? They had a hot dog deal where you get a... Did they? Yeah, it was delicious. And, yeah, I drank a whole lot of 
pretty outrageously big one-off beers and that beer out of the can held up to all of them. Mm. Um, you know, gentle pale ale. That's awesome. Yeah. Also on the night, there was a ludicrous amount of fried chicken being served up. I feel like there's a theme to this episode there is, already. There? <laughs> fried is. chicken. Yeah, and um, arancini. That mm. was a good night. Mm. <laughs> Anything else been happening? Uh, I didn't get there, but you guys, if you want, you went to the... Hopfest? Yeah, Hopfest yeah, yesterday, we mentioned. It's still in progress. Twice, yeah. Yep. Well, you got to go twice because they've... They changed the beers. Just changed the, changed the kegs last night. What were the so. uh, standouts? Um, Did you get any... Is it, has the um, Black Dog Hop beer been on, on yet? I haven't had the... the uh, actually, I did have that. That, that was, was the barreled um, Saison, is that right? Mm. No one... No, got that? Wasn't okay, no. Oh, I had it. I have to have a look at my own tap to see what I rated it. Um, but I kind of what really surprised me was the the hot dog beer because I was expecting you know typical Tim lots of hops beer but wound up with a pretty rock solid sour mm. it was good. Now he said it was intentional on Twitter afterwards. What do you what do you reckon it was intentional? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. it bar- barrel aged. It's certainly um, what was the beer called? Got Chinook. Um, mm. You know, um, it was um, it, it was just well. Rounded, well balanced, hmm. sour. Uh, you know why it was at Hop Fest? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That, so it sort of threw me for a bit of a, a bit of a curveball uh, there. Well, but it was, set but it was a pleasant amongst everything else. Absolutely, so I guess, wouldn't yep. it? Yeah. Yep. So I, I had a, an IPA from New Zealand recently that had soured, and it was delicious. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, I emailed the brewer and said, you know, I think you got something wrong here, but try work out what it is and do it again because it's really good. And there's, I think, some combinations of hops sort of work with some bacteria um it's kind of being explored a little bit but absolutely some interesting combinations out there i think yeah for me the doctor's orders iron lung which is their black pilsner uh aged in bourbon barrels was was a pretty fun one that stood out yesterday that sounded pretty good that was one of the few ones that i saw and went man Mm. that's Mm. what to look for um, anything else stand out for you Hindu? oh some some idiot did an ipl (laughs) (laughs) Which I enjoyed drinking. I don't think that was on when I got there. I think it was ah, it was on. Yeah, that were like wasn't on last night because because the changeover that they did. But mm. um, yeah, really happy with how that beer turned out. I got to bottle it. I think so. Oh, as cool. soon as I can get some time in the in the production schedule, I'll throw it into a bottle because it's a really cool label. Mm. In fact, there are for four labels for this beer, and so they all feature. Um, an alternative model. His name's Matt Hoffman. He works at the Scratch Bar in Brisbane. What's the deal with the alternative model? Is he just... Well, basi- I don't know. Um, <laughs> look, it's it's basically his his alter ego on social media. Like, he's a straight up just ordinary dude. Mm. But he has this alter ego called Matt Hoffman alt model. And he gets on there and just... If you're on Facebook, just search Matt Hoffman alt model. And um, he's basically... He's big... Fat, hairy. He's got hair where really you didn't think hair should actually grow, like on your kidneys and stuff like that. I, I didn't think that was possible, but he pull, pulls it off, and you know he's got you know beard and huge guy, and and um, um, uh, Ben, who's one of the owners of the Scratch Bar, they, well, they all do a lot of professional photography, so they take photos and you know professional photos, and there's. Lots of homoerotic photography going on, and it's just so funny. It's just you know every time you see, and the way that he writes as well. Mm. So he writes in this sort of um, teenage 
tech speak. Mm. And so I've actually taken, he's actually written the four different tasting notes or the experience notes as I call them because I hate tasting notes on bottles. <laughs> um, and he, so he's written in his teenage tech speak, you know, OMG, <laughs> you found me, you know, it's like it's just hilarious, had to be done. So Excellent. That sounds um, like it's going to be a fun one to, to look out for and collect, collect all four. Let's come back in a couple of moments and we'll chat to Hendo all about uh, Brewcop. <laughs> A second beer. Yes, we have. Uh, Hendo, do you want to introduce this one, seeing yeah. as it's one of yours? Uh, this is uh, Superfly uh, Rye IPA. It's the second beer in the psychedelic series. What was the first one? The Can't Fight the Funk was the first one. So Acid Freaks wasn't part of the psychedelic series? No, no. Um, no, that was just a one-off for, mm. for Gabs. Um, and uh, so I, I've got a whole series of beers that are going to fall under the Monica, the, mm. the psychedelic series. Um, but uh, I do want to break it up a bit because I just don't want to be known as the brewer who only does the Willy Wonka, mm. Austin labels. Powers type labels and stuff <laughs> like that. So I'll put a photo of the labels on our on the show notes for the people yeah. who haven't seen them yet. And this one, we talked about it before, is you say brewed in November, October last year? Early November. I think it was released mid-November. I think it came out. It's still holding up. Yeah, holding yeah, up. It's probably at the end, getting at the end. So if you're sitting on any out there at home, just drink it now. Because when it, when it first released, it was super fresh, yep. um, super hoppy. Uh, it's like the aroma is still there. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. The bries really come through. Yeah, it might have. Is... Yeah, it might have. The hop well, flavor might have died off a little bit, but it's mm. still holding up really well. Mm. Yeah, I, I hadn't actually tried it when it came out fresh, but I, I heard nothing but good things. I think I missed them from all the shelves. There wasn't a lot that came into mm. Melbourne, so... So a lot of your beers are going up to Queensland, is that accurate? Uh, no, um, actually Sydney's my biggest oh, market. Okay. I take more than half of my production by volume into wow. Sydney. Wow, that's... Uh, then followed awesome. by uh, Queensland yep. um, and then uh, Melbourne. But even now, now that I'm part of the experience at portfolio mm. um you know melbourne's starting to to grow now but mm. um sydney and brisbane by far eclipse it you know so this uh this beer was actually a gift from from your distributor so thanks again to them for thanks um, johnny yeah giving us a few yeah, beers we really appreciate right it <laughs> yeah I, I i sort of understand during one of the ale stars um and sydney you mentioned how how they sort of keep everything fresh and, and yeah and look i'm um uh, immensely happy with how um, uh, my beer is being handled. So there's some real long distances that the beer needs to travel to get from me, the brewer, to you, the consumer, um, and um, experience that are doing a magnificent job of that, no question. So mm. um, uh, the the um, you know my kegs um, where possible are being stored cold mm. um uh, all of my package product is all stored wherever you get it in the country it's all um coming from one warehouse uh, down in Dandenong south and it's temperature controlled so it's a constant i think it's 16 degrees and that sort of thing so while that's not refrigerated and that's something i do 
hope to address in the future. Um, it is being well looked after mm. than where it was previously. And it's and, and they're turning, most importantly, is they're turning over the stock pretty fast. So yep. there's always fresh product going in to um, experience it and then heading out to you guys. So, you know, in that respect from the, the beer freshness side of things, I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. It's pretty reassuring. Um, yeah, very. so you just mentioned that Sydney gets more than half of your production, yep. followed by Brisbane. Earlier before the show, we chatted about how you're about to um, have the capacity to quadruple your production. Yeah. Is that going to is that going to even out the, the splits or are you still going to be sending a lot of it north? Um, it's not a question of choosing to sell most of my beer in Sydney. I mean, uh, you know, Sydney, Sydney and, and Brisbane in particular are massive growth markets and you know they're just getting into the, the you know they're just they're just awakening into the craft beer scene mm-hmm. and they've you know both sydney and and brisbane have um an an amazing scene and they're very different to here it's almost like between melbourne sydney and brisbane they're all developing their own personality and i'm you know really lucky i know lots of cool people in um you know in melbourne sydney and brisbane um and you know there's the the beer bloggers the punters, the um, the sales reps, the venues, bottle shops, and all sort of stuff. It's it's really booming, you know. Sydney in particular has really taken me by surprise because there are, gosh, I'm in nearly a hundred outlets in Sydney. Wow, and that's awesome. um, and you know, I go around with Brad Flowers, who's my uh, or one of my sales reps in uh, in New South Wales, and and um, there are literally. Bottle shops are literally pulling out wine rack space and converting it into craft beer mm. space. It's amazing. You mentioned um, Brisbane and sort of what I'm noticing through sort of social media is the bloggers have really integrated into the scene there. Yeah. Um, there's this really interesting, like the, the bars are really supportive of each other, the brewers are really supportive of each other and, and they're bringing in the bloggers and they're brewing beers with the, the brewers and doing events with the bloggers and it's a- absolutely it's it's sort of um yeah it's really uh, it, it, i guess in brisbane yeah it's a really um close tight integration that's mm. happening between the brewers the venues and the beer bloggers um you know russ kenrick up at bacchus brewing you know he's doing he's having all the beer bloggers come and make mm. beers i mean he can do that because his batch sizes are pretty small yeah but they're coming out with some pretty interesting stuff mm. you know um and Ross is at every event. So I just come back from Brews Vegas um, a couple of Wednesday this week and it's just wrapped up. Yes, last night or today, I think it wraps up. And um, it's really cool to see how the venues are very supportive of each other um, and they all tell everyone to go to all the venues. Mm. Um, the people that run the venues, you know, like, um, you know, like the, 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 new, the, the people who were fir- – the venues who were first, like the Scratch Bar – an archive um, are offering advice to the newer venues that are starting up and they're being very supportive. Mm. To, it's really helping to grow the scene. Even the, the sales reps from all the breweries uh, are very supportive of each other. Mm. You, know, my, my, you know, my distributor in, in um, Brisbane is, is Dan Ricard from Calibre and, you know, that, they're all getting along really well, you know, mm. like... Um, you know Dan Rawlings from you know he's just finished up at Holgate and he's he's going to Fortitude, and they're all just so 
supportive. It's mm. just sort of, it's just the, the craft beer way, I suppose. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm really, I want to get back up there um, and, and check it out. I think even this time last year when I was up there last and there wasn't as much and it's just exploded. It's huge. Um, you talked about, we kind of talked about freshness and keeping your beer co- cold and, um, you know, this beer is sort of, you said, is at the end of its life cycle. Uh, your Good Beer Week event is sort of related to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm doing an event. It's on the Tuesday, 20th of May. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be at Two Row Bar. I know you had Tiff on here a couple yep. of weeks ago. Tiff's a really good friend of mine. And when I came up with this idea, I put it to her and she didn't, the, the bar was still a concept. She said, yeah, let's do this. I think it's a great idea. Um, so the event's called Hops, Drink Awesome, Drink Fresh. Um, and it's really an event that's it's a it's an educational and experiential, um, uh, you know, event that's really to get you guys, the punters, to become more aware of mm. what um, fresh beer is supposed to be like and taste and smell like. My motivation for doing this event and the reason why since starting Brew Cult I've become a bit of a fresh freak and I will call out people on social media if I see them drinking stale beer um, is uh, two things. So first, my first experience was um, I was at a, 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 a venue and I won't name the venue and there was a tap takeover from um, uh, a lot of brewers, a lot of big names from a certain country and I won't mention the country because that'll give it away. So cryptic. Um, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to disrespect no, no, the venue no. because <laughs> I just didn't know better at the time. This was a few years ago. So... Um, the, um, and I, so I was tap takeover and a lot of big name brands were at the, uh, at this tap takeover and I started drinking the beers and they're all oxidized hops, oxidized mm. hops, you know, it's that horrible, it's like sticking your tongue on a nine volt battery. That's mm. what oxidized hops taste like. And it's not pleasant and it's not how the brewer intended the beer to taste. And I was quite disappointed at all this, you know, um, beer that hadn't been... It wasn't the venue's fault. It was really something had gone wrong between the brewery and the um, uh, and the venue. I think I figured it out and I'm going to talk to you after and, uh, <laughs> and so I and, and I was standing there drinking all these beers and I stopped and I was disappointed. I'm looking around the bar and I see all these um, people just raving about how awesome these beers were. Mm. And it suddenly dawned on me, it's like maybe all these people think that hops is supposed to taste like is oxidised hops. Mm. And it made me feel really sad. And I <laughs> determined that I was going to do something about it. And so, you know, um, Brewcult itself is part of that. It's, you know, I will um, fastidiously make sure that my beer is consumed fresh Um and as we were saying before, you know, being with experience, it is great. When I travel um, for work, when I'm in Brisbane for Brews Vegas or I'm in Newcastle for Newcastle Beer Week, as I was a few weeks ago, I drink my beer at those locations because I need to get your perspective of how the beer's mm. uh, smelling and tasting. And I've walked into quite a few bottle shops and um, pulled beers off the shelf because I know that they're old. So the event really is about putting um, 
putting intentionally bad. You're going to drink stale IPA and lots <laughs> of it and, and letting you guys learn what stale IPA tastes mm. like so that the, that you become educated and you can start to demand of your bottle shop or the pub to take that stale goddamn stale IPA off off the shelf or off the tap and demand something fresh. Mm. It's going to make my job a lot harder, but then again, it's going to make, um, you know, the more educated you guys are, it makes my job harder, but it makes every brewer in the country, makes their job harder too. Mm. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah, because so. it might be harder for everyone involved, but it means that more stuff that's on is going to be fresher and takes Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not aiming to um, address the issues of why stale beer or faulty beer gets serve to mm. punters but all I'm out to do is to simply raise awareness so you guys can spot it. There, there is a giant gap I think in, in sort of people's understanding of, of fresh beer and um, venues even, you know, they will happily serve really old beer and then you sort of point it out. Um, you know, I've, I've pointed out to some venues that their bottles were clearly past their date and they tasted like it. Yep. And the reaction kind of is, oh, yeah, we don't really sell much of that one. It's like, that shouldn't be my problem here. You guys need to yep. to work that out. And it's almost like we need the next trend, I guess people always talk about, what's the next trend in, in beer? The next trend needs to be that beer should be fresh, should be, you know, kept in a good condition. Um, you just can't leave it in a pallet out in the sun. Yeah. You, you know, you're doing your stock take or whatever. Um, Stone in America has sort of taken the lead with that as well with their Enjoy Buy series where Indeed. the name, name of the beer is the... Shelf Isn't life. it funny that they had to just, you know, do something that blatantly obvious to yeah. tell people that this beer must be drunk by mm. this date? Um, and it's such a simple idea. Um, you know, in the US for years, Vinny Chalurzo had been writing on his pliny bottles around the outside in wonderful Comic Sans font, you know, do not sell this beer, drink this beer fresh. I write it on my bottles mm. it always says on hop zone or any of the psychedelic series anything that's hoppy this is a hoppy beer um always enjoy your hops fresh never sell our hoppy beer mm. um, because you just shouldn't and that leads to my second experience is the reason why i'm doing this event um you, you guys might have seen the minor controversy that i started with um uh, mark from mark scarrow from craft beer crusaders he put on his blog um he did a a vertical tasting of Southern Bay Hot Bazooka, the three batches that I'd brewed. And um, uh, I was quite disappointed that he did that. Mark's a great guy, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think, again, it comes down to education. Mm. I've got him a free ticket to the event, which is which is good. Because I wanted him to get clued up. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, I, uh, I, he did a blog post and he, he had done the three batches of hot bazooka and the oldest batch um, was uh, it was over a year old. It was about mm. 13 or 14 months old. And uh, I, I, I said, you know, you, you can't do that. That's not how it's not I intended all, to yeah. – um, inte those beers won't taste as I intended them to taste. And I'm immense – it upsets me a little bit because I'm immensely proud. That's the one beer in my brewing career that I'm really proud of is the is Southern Bay Hot Bazooka. It started as a T-shirt, didn't it? Because it just started yeah. as a T-shirt. <laughs> I remember that uh, showcase. Um, that was great. And I loved the label and I loved the beer. 
Um, and um, and I'm really proud of it because it was a team effort with, you know, all the guys at Southern Bay when we put that beer together. Um, and it came out just fucking killer mm. and um, out of such an old brewery. Mm. So it's a real, it was a real, um, I'm really proud of that beer. Mm. And um, so when I saw it consumed in that way, it, 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 it kind of hurt a little, you know, on a, on a personal level that, um, uh, and, 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 it, and it's not something that Mark did intentionally or anything like that. He was just misinformed, mm. you know. Um, well, so, is, you know, it's, there yeah. Is a, a bit <laughs> of a... I end up saying to him, look, you can't sell our IPA because hops are perishable. Mm. They're a plant product. I said, you know, um, if you're going to sell an IPA, um, you, may as well, you may as well start a milk seller. It's mm. the same thing. You know, there's this kind of risk I think with such a, a glut of, of beers coming onto this into the market and people so excited about them, and there is this idea that oh, I'll start a cellar and I'll keep aging things. And oh, there's so many beers I, I think that are going to end up ruined because of that. Yeah, um, you see, and not so much in Australia. But people in the states are getting you know four thousand bottle cellars. So you're never going to be able to get through through them all. Exactly. By the time you yeah. get to but it, it's start ruined. St- Start a beer cellar. That's mm. totally cool. Mm. But sell your barley wines and your imperial stouts. and, and Sell, sell you know, things for a reason, you know. Yeah. Oh, I think this beer will change. Or a Saison or a Belgian yeah. or just anything. Just don't fucking sell an IPA, you know. I do, I do have one IPA in my cellar, but that's um, intentional. I want to see how it evolves rather than, you know, I'm not going to. The only IPA I have cellared is is was my dogfish head 120 minute. Ah, yeah. so Which, but it's 18% yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not really about the hops when you're getting that strong. So I've got a Sierra Nevada Hoptimum in the cellar. Um, it's probably about two years old now. I'm kind of curious just to see how it holds yeah. up because that beer is used, you know, they use a pretty interesting technique to dry hop and it's crazy big. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I just thought it was too big. So I thought, well, I wonder, I wonder how it's going to taste after a while. It's probably going to taste caramelly and horrible. But yep. I'm not going to write a review about it. No, so. no, no. Um, well, see, that's that's what sort of you know got got me as well with 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 that is that you know I don't mind that Mark did that vertical tasting that sort of thing that wound up on a blog post. It's there now, and I don't. I certainly wouldn't want him to to take it down or anything like that. But um, um, because I you know I, I support what he does and I really like what he does. Um, but um, um, people it's that sort of it's, it's exactly yeah. there's the he's got lots of followers on Twitter. He's got lots of people that read his blog and suddenly they're going to think that that's okay because mm. they've seen him do it. Mm. And that's the exact opposite message that I'm trying to get out, you yeah. know. Mm. Yeah. So One more thing on the, um, on the freshness. Before we went um, on air, you mentioned that when we had that uh, chromaty, you hadn't tried it, something from them because you hadn't tried much imported stuff. Yeah. Um, that you'd pretty much... Not interested. Not, I don't not, drink. Not interested, yeah, but um, I don't drink a lot because of because you want to have that beers. fresh. Stuff I don't drink a lot, especially. I don't drink a lot of um, imported hoppy beers. Yep. Um, and um, uh, you know, no disrespect to the brewer. Actually, it probably is to respect to the brewer. I want to chase the beers um, as they're intended. Sounds really funny coming from me because I'm part of a part of experience at Portfolio, which and I'm their first Australian brewer. So I have to pick my words very carefully here. <laughs> so, um, you know, my my um, my distributor experience it. They do a great job of importing product. They do legitimate imports. They cold store 
uh, cold ship cold cold shipping containers or um, in the case of um, the you know a lot of the Italian beers they're actually conditioning on the um, container mm, which is so great, that they're so. ready mm. by the time they get here and fresher so the beer effectively leaves the brewery um, not finished but that often finished, happens yeah. you know like if you take cast conditional it usually leaves the brewery not conditioned um, and when it gets here it's usually uh, almost always it's pre-sold off the container into the warehouse to the venues the bottle shops, the pubs, the restaurants, and then to the consumer really quick. Um, and that's as good as you'll get. Mm. It's as good as you can do. If, you know, I'd love to export my product um, and um, and I've been asked to export my product. I'm uh, really hesitant to do so. Um, my, my preference would be to, um, for the, for the sake of freshness, would be to take uh, my recipe and produce it closer to the consumer, that would be my preference Mm. Um, because then those consumers can – because it's really about, you know, a lot of the the beers, it's all about the recipe and, you know, hop combinations or malt combinations or yeast and that sort of thing. And there's, you know, uh, there's infinite number of permutations. And with modern craft brewing, it's less about the historical stuff about, you know, Burton on Trent Water. It's, you know, higher in minerals, therefore you get these styles of beer versus – Pilsner mm. in the Czech Republic and Pils and we're, we're, we're modern, we have good technology, we can, um, you know, good record keeping and we can make sure that we can replicate that beer close to the consumer. That would be, that would be my personal preference. Another thing you mentioned, um, you've mentioned me in the past was your labels are slightly, slightly different between batches. Yes. Uh, I think that was unintentional at first, but then yes. you noticed it had a, an interesting side effect. Correct. Yeah. So... So I can tell, uh, and it's only with Hop Zone at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell um, the difference between the batches because the label looks different on the front face. And then what happens is you guys get out there and you take photos and Instagrams of your beers and the bottles, <laughs> and uh, I can tell which batch you're drinking. So I can tell how fresh it is, mm. and um, so you're right. Um, first time it happened it was unintentional but but now I sort of continue to make very very minor changes so uh, with hop zone uh, you can tell the older batches particularly with the well uh, the 500 mil so I've discontinued it in 500 mil um, so the first batch had um, the hop zone the big picture of the hop and then underneath it just said session IPA and that was produced in July of last year and then the second batch, which was produced in October, I think it was, says, because I tweaked the label, it says Session IPA 5%, 5.0%. And all of a sudden I started seeing all the photos and went, oh, shit, I oh, know, that's one, that, that's that batch, oh, that's that batch, oh, okay. I and can just picture you like sitting in a big chair with a cat with a re- just loads of monitors. <laughs> CCTV everywhere, yeah. Going, mm. I know. What's that guy drinking <laughs> stale <laughs> IPA? That's such uh, a... But, you know, you'll, you'll, you know and, and you'll know if... You're drinking an old IPA uh, or old, old one of my IPAs because either A, I'll tell you, um, and uh, or B, I'll be a little bit more diplomatic and I'll ask where you got it from. Mm. Isn't it great, the feedback loop with social media? I love it. It's great yeah. because I love the feedback that uh, you guys give me. It helps keep me on my toes. I make sure that I'm doing a good job 
um, and um, I can actually keep an eye on you, make mm. sure you're drinking fresh beer. So that's kind of cool. It's pretty remarkable how even, I mean, I guess use Twitter or Untapped as well, um, how quickly you can make connections for a beer, you know, oh, this bottle shop's got this beer because that person just bought it there. And then you ask the bottle shop, hey, do you have any left? Puts them aside for me. Yep. And then suddenly, like a day later, you've, you know, found a new beer and you've found something that you, all you did was hit a few buttons. Yeah, that's and it. And for you, you can see that all happening when it's your own beer and seeing how people are responding to things. Yeah. I love that feedback loop. Um, when I released um, Can't Fight the Funk back in um, October, I can't remember who it was, but someone put it on their untapped. Someone here in Melbourne. Yeah, it was a uh, friend of the show, Simon. Yeah, right? yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah that's sure right. Yeah. Hi, Simon. And he said on his untapped check-in, I think it was something's not right here. Mm. So it wasn't a, I don't like it, and I it got my attention because I was like, oh shit, there's a quality issue. It might be a bad bottle, and I'm a, I'm you know just a, a fucking nut for beer quality. It's really important to me. And um, I replied back to him. I said, oh, is everything okay there? He said, oh, uh, I'll go buy another bottle, you know. So he went back to his local bottle shop, went and paid another 10 bucks for another bottle of Can't Fight the Funk, drank it, checked it in again. He said, no, I just don't like it. And I went, oh, thank <laughs> fuck for that. Isn't that good? Because I honestly I thought like that. That, that I might have had uh, a packaging issue mm. or the beer had gone off or the infection or something like that. It was the first time that a Saison had been done at Cavalier. So mm. I was really concerned, you know, legitimately concerned. But, you know, when he said, oh, I just don't like it, I went, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for yeah. not liking the beer. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Because I, 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 I don't mind, um, you know, you know, with, with the whole brew cult experiment, you know, there's, there's lots and lots of beers coming. And I don't care whether you like them or not. It doesn't matter to me. Mm. As long as you enjoy the experience of trying them, that's mm. what the, that's the fun part. Well, that's what beer at the moment's about. I think yep. you know we're all trying to ram as many beers down our mouths at the moment, and that's not to get drunk. It's because there are so many beers. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to yep. to go through a list and try. If I, you know, and I'm I'm not out to create beers that please everybody. You know, if I wanted to do that, I'd be making Carlton Draft. Right, Fuck up. I don't know if you would. Maybe <laughs> 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 just one more point on the freshness thing. I yep. wrote a post a couple, oh, maybe six weeks ago, um, about fresh beers. Uh, because we mentioned the Stone Enjoy By series, um, I just felt like someone should be doing it here. I don't know if Feral are doing it with their task. Yep. Um, beers that are being made to be consumed when they're received. And yes. I think it's a great mm. idea. Yes. And we got a keg in, during the first batch of Task. Um, and it was a good experience having that sort of thing. And I just figured, I don't know, I thought other breweries might have caught on by now. I'd like to do it, mm. uh, but I don't want to look like I'm ripping off stone. The, the, <laughs> so, you I know. Think there are still, we, we alluded to before, gaps in the knowledge of shops or stores where they're going to find that, you know, they're like, well, we're not going to throw it out, but you're like, even though it's stale, they they want to get their profit back. Correct. So there is, I think there's a long way to go before yeah. that can happen in Australia. I think... How I no, sorry, I meant more on kegged version of that rather oh, okay. than packaged yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I think okay, so it's an issue that I'm so really from from my perspective as a brewer, it comes down to informing you, the consumer, as to um, when the beer was packaged or when it was made. Mm. So, 
Um, here's how I address it now, and it's something that I do need to Im improve, but I don't have the equipment to be able to do it. So um, part of – so basically what I would like to do is on every bottle of beer have the um, packaged on date. That way I'm not putting a best before date, but I'm letting you, the consumer, decide as to whether this beer is fresh enough for you to drink. That's your call. Mm. Right? That's not my call to make. Um, from the trade perspective, uh, on each box of beer that I produce and each keg of beer I produce is the batch number. And the batch number is a six-digit number. It's the, and I impl implemented this as a, from a quality perspective in at Cavalier for all the people that brew at Cavalier operate under, under the batch numbering system that, that I invented. So you'll see a six-digit number and it's basically year, year, month, month, day, day mm -hmm. of when that beer was brewed, okay? Most of the beers that are coming out of Cavalier are two-week beers and you can say they were packed a couple of two or three weeks later and that sort of thing and you're close enough. So today is the 30th of March. So if I was brewing a beer today, its batch number would be 140330, mm. as in 30th of March 2014. Now, why do I go year, year, month, month, day, day? Because in the trade, if they've got more than one batch of a product sitting there, the lowest number, if you actually read it as a number, yeah. is the oldest stock, right? So, that, so they can rotate out their oldest stock yeah. first. That's why it's, it's not day, month, year, it's year, month, day. And so, and I tell, um, you know, my distributors, this is the numbering system. It's a very easy system mm. to learn. And it just at a glance, you know, you can just go bang, this beer was brewed on that day. Mm. So um, that's part of it, of how I sort of want to educate people to drink fresh beer. It's not on where I need to improve it is, is to put it on the labels, on bottle labels. But every keg and every box, so... I've addressed it really with pubs and bottle shops or, and, and pubs that take bottles. They know, but what I'm not doing is telling you, the consumer, yet. And that's something I'll address as soon as I reasonably can. So, mm. yeah. Now we uh, have to talk about your Gabs beer. Yes. For the uh, little beer for the I'm Great rubbing Australian. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Great Australian beer, Great Australian beer spectacular at the end of Good Beer so Week. So pumped for it. How did? Uh, what's the beer and how did it come about? Okay, so oh, sorry, should I be asking? No, Dave? no, no, no. <laughs> Ando, go, go for it, Ando. <laughs> so the beer is Pepper Steak Porter, and um, uh, it, I'd like to thank Dave and, and Ryan for making this beer come into fruition. Um, it's a beer that it fits within the rules for Gab, so it's never been commercially released before, but it is a beer that I've brewed twice before as pilot batches, two 50-litre pilot batches. So Pepper Steak Porter, or as I like to call it, its full name, which is Pepper Steak Porter, a vegan beer experience, um, is uh, essentially it's a smoked spiced porter. Um when we first when when we first brewed it, it was a lot of fun. So how how the beer came about was, Dave and Ryan were running there from from Beer to Eternity blog, and they came out to and this was when I was brewing at Prickly Moses, and they came out to, um, the lovely city of Colac, to, do the brewers experience. So what I would do is just as a thing where people would come in on a Saturday, uh, we'd and and come and see what it's like to run a day in a commercial brewery. Um, and so we would make two beers. So we would do a, a batch of their normal beer on the on the main brew house, and then I'd wheel out my little fifty litre pilot brewery, and we'd do something stupid on it. 
And so we were talking on Twitter. Uh, I was talking to Twitter to the guys. Because we met you at the um, previous showcase. At Fed Square, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we said we're coming out in Jan. That's right, To yeah. do the showcase. Yeah. And you said, well, I run the Brewers Experience. That's so right. Why don't you guys... Make up something. Make up something. Let me know and we'll... Sort it out. And make up something you did. Well, <laughs> was just... but the thing was, it was a red herring that turned into a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because we, straight away, Ryan had you always you were talked... taking the piss? Well, we were. Because <laughs> Ryan, just like for, for a while, into making a Ryan had a homebrew idea that he didn't have the know-how to, um, to replicate. He wanted to make a guava IPA. And he said, guava IPA, text Hendo right now. And I said to him, no, no, why don't we just throw a few little... Curly ones out there, and I remember there were some stupid things happening, but one of the ones that I said was pepper steak porter, and then Twitter sort of went mental. Yeah, like it that. did. Oh, it was yeah. just insane. And then I remember getting a little tweet about three days later going from Hendo saying, man, I can't stop thinking about meat. <laughs> we have to do this beer. Yeah. And I think it was going to be the Prickly Moses Gabs beer that year. It was supposed to be, yeah, before on. I moved on. Yeah. That's right. So they did, they did Chainsaw and said, it was, oh, man. It, 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 the, for the first time, uh, you know, in my in, as as a professional brewer, it, it was it was it was a concept that just got me thinking. Yeah, you were how, how can I, I make it happen? That, yeah. And it took weeks for me to figure out because I was thinking, how am I going to get meat into a beer? Pepper was the easy part, you know, mm. um, but how am I going to get the meat flavour into a beer? Um, and I thought about, yeah, I spoke to the chef at Otway Estate and I said, oh, can we get meat stock? And I went, oh, this isn't going to work well because it's going to be fat and it's going to mess mm. with the head retention and uh, nothing was working. So that was the challenge. And then, um, uh, and then I saw on Facebook, um, one, uh, uh, one of my, or who became one of my brewers at, um, Southern Bay, Ryan Tyak, um, he'd built himself a smoker, um, at his house out of an old LPG um, car LPG cylinder and basically he painted it black and the front opened up mm. and it was, you know, had a little side chamber for the, for the flame and it had a big giant four-inch truck, chrome truck exhaust poking up and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I went, why don't we just smoke some malt with like um, um, some... Uh, some wood that you would generally use yeah, for one, uh, hickory first mesquite. Batch was mesquite hickory, hickory that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, that you would use for red meat. And so hickory mesquite was the first one. So I actually took um, tw- twelve kilos of marisota over to Ryan's place in Geelong, and we spent the day smoking malt with hickory and mesquite. And because um, he's he's you know Ryan's a great guy. He's just mad for. He was just he's so young and enthusiastic and. Um, you know, he was all for the idea and we got him to come out on the brew day and that sort of thing. It was a great day. And, um, uh, you know, we, we had an absolute ball and, um, I just remember how good the mash smelled. It just, the mash smelled I just awesome. wanted to just get a spoon and The work was it, unbelievable yeah. and it was, um, it was amazing, um, beer and, um, it turned out really, really well. Then, uh, the guys from Sydney Craft Beer Week asked me to brew it again for um, a dinner that we were having at Bloodwood in Newtown. So I brewed it again, but rather than smoke the malt with hickory and mesquite, um, it was uh, some of the beechwood smoked malt as, that I used instead. Mm. And I think that turned out better um, uh, because um, beechwood's a really interesting smoke. It's like... Um, that when you smell, when you open up a bag of malt, it actually smells like smoked salmon. But when it 
comes into the finished beer, it's beef, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, yeah, so it is definitely vegan for all you at, vegan. At the, at, isn't, that's, that's the whole point. Is it's <laughs> fucking vegan. Is, there's no meat in it whatsoever. I don't use eyes in glass. So, you know, it's vegan. Great. And uh, so I, I'm, you know, I haven't really put a lot of, um, a lot of heat into it on social media yet, but um, as I do with all the new beers that I make, I think about the visuals and the the label that I want the beer to have, and it's coming into my head now, and it'll make a really cool T-shirt as well, and it's just going to be fucking hardcore. All right. So yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. Nice. I'm going to be your first beer at Gabs, I imagine, Dave. That's all he's going to be drinking at Gabs. He's going to be 130 other beers and he's only going to be drinking Pepper State Porter. He's going to have the best breath too. Hello, ladies. They can just line up. Anything else coming up on your calendar, Hinder? Yeah, so tomorrow I'm – well, tomorrow through to Wednesday I'm brewing all of my beers which are going to be submitted into the Australian National Beer Awards. Cool. Again, I want them to go in fresh and that sort of thing. Um, uh, they, um, uh, so I've only entered two beers into the Australian National Beer Awards. I've entered Hop Zone and the beer that I'm brewing tomorrow is called Thanks Captain Obvious, which is just a straight up 5.8% IPA, which mm. will go into the strong pale ale class, or as I prefer to call it, the hop hog class. Mm. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, behind the scenes, uh, there's a lot of controversy around beers having something on a label, but the judging's done based on style, and it's bullshit. Um, you know, so Hop Hog, which is a magnificent beer brewed by a brilliant brewer, um, um, you know, people were really unfairly calling out the RESV, saying because it was always entered in the American Pale Ale class, mm. right? And people would complain to the RESV when it was winning medals and all sorts of stuff, you know. Um, saying, but it's an IPA. It says India Pale Ale on the label. Well, that's for marketing purposes, but judges don't see the label when mm. they're evaluating the beer. They have a style guideline and they have the beer and they don't know what beer it is. It's got a number. Yeah, and if it's within the style guideline, and, that's fine. And Hop Hog is a magnificent American Pale Ale. Mm. And if you want to talk about the beer that defines the style American Pale Ale, it's Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And how strong is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? It's 5.6%. Mm. So... You know, the, the RSV has changed the classes so that – and this happened last year. So um, I wanted Hot Bazooka to – I've always – look, I, I, wanted, I, I just want to put a beer head-to-head against Hop Hog. I just want to see if I'm that good. That's all. And, um, you know, it's just it's, – it, as a brewer, that's, that's just – it's just a, or as a, me as a person, it's just a personal challenge. I, I just want to fresh, see if I can I make a I reckon a fresh batch of Hop Zone will go – The Hop Zone's going yeah. into American Pale Ale, but – Thanks, Captain Obvious is going to go into the strong oh, right, pale cool. ale class, um, and I I, uh, uh, we, I, I wanted um, Hop Bazooka to go head to head against Hop Hog um, uh, last year, uh, but this whole thing happened. It was based around the alcohol content, so they cut off the American Pale Ale alcohol content at five point six percent. Both Hop Hog and Hop Bazooka are five point eight percent beers, so my choice was with Hop Bazooka was enter it in this strong pale ale class or drop the alcohol and enter it in as an American pale ale. Uh, uh, um, Brennan Varis chose the former, I chose the latter, so they never got to go head-to-head. Mm. Head. Um, so this year is really just that chance where I can have another 
crack at it. That's cool. all, you know. It's just it's just really cool. So, and then after that, what's coming after that? Um, next beer in the Psychedelic Series, um, which will be the American Brown called Get Down With The Brown. That'll be coming out uh, towards the end of April, early May. Um, I'm, uh, I'll have to do two batches of that. And I've been thinking a lot about chocolate lately and I really want to do, um, a big choc bomb, like a milk chocolate stout. Mm. That's, it's just, uh, it's been keeping me awake at night. It's just (laughs) been insane. So I just want to do big, you know, big milk stout that's really fucking chocolatey. And um, I've got the label for that. It's in my head and I need a photographer to go and take the photo for the label. Uh, there's a, it's an it's a old school milk bar, you know, and I want to put that as one over on Moore Street over near Footscray that I really love the look of and it's called the Moore Street Milk Bar and that's what I want to name the beer, Moore Street Milk Bar, and just have that photo on the label. And um, because it just because the whole thing about the whole chocolate thing is just invoking for me thoughts about when I was a kid and going into the milk bar and shit, I'm sure I'm age here, you know, <laughs> getting a 20% bag of lollies and I'd mostly just buy freckles because they're awesome. And that was, that's it. So that's sort of, sort of a beer that's a tribute to that. Um, and then coming up after that, um, I'm going to be doing during Good Beer Week, uh, I'm talking with um, Stu from Magic Rock. Yep. So I'll be brewing a beer with Stu, uh, doing a Magic Rock collaboration um, it's still a work in progress. Pretty sure it's going to work out if his schedule matches up with mine. That's really all it comes down to. Um, and uh, after Good Beer Week, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. Yeah, <laughs> most people because I'm, I'm uh, you know, like Brewcold isn't even a year old yet, mm. um, and I've worked my butt off to get it where it is so far. You know, I'm brewing all my own product, and I think thus far my I think I've made uh, about, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I think it's 50,000 litres of product and mm. it's all been done by me. I have young Mia, who's one of the brewers in it, um, uh, Cavalier, she'll, she'll swing shift if I've got a double brew day. So I'll do the first brew, she'll, she'll smash out the second. But for the most part, all the brewing and packaging is still done by me. Mm. Um, uh, that's not sustainable, especially as I grow. So that's something that we'll, you'll see change. Don't know if I, no, I, just, I don't know who would want to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do after Good Beer Week beer wise. I haven't really thought too much about it yet. Mm. Um, this the the milk chocolate stout is something that may not happen before uh, Good Beer Week. Um, it's certainly something I would like to put in before, um, uh, but if not, definitely after. Pretty uh, full calendar you got coming up. Yeah, so the two weeks is going to be awesome. Like a good bit. <laughs> yeah, so look, you know, uh, as as I sort of put on social media today, I've just just you know I've been renting a second tank in a Cavalier second three thousand liter tank, um, which today I've just bought. So I've just parted with the cash for that tank. So I now own two tanks in Cavalier. So we should say uh, Cavalier Brewing. Um, out of out of Melbourne, out, of, out in Derrimut, yeah, yep. Western so suburbs. With, with it's suburbs. halfway between Sunshine and Paradise. Paradise being Werribee. Yep, not, it's not. a great part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up there, and we'll come back with some recommendations. And we've got a, a bit of housekeeping that I want to shout some things out. Cool.
Welcome back, everyone. Let's just jump straight into some recommendations. We ran out of beer. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. We, we weren't prepared. I thought Hendo was bringing some, but apparently he... Yeah, I had, a, I had a couple of clean skins of the batch two of Keep on Trucking, yeah. which I'm... Drink, I've just, I drank them all. I'm sorry. That's Actually, right. no, I'm That's not fine. really sorry. No, yeah, I wouldn't have thought so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I were in your shoes, I'd done the exact same thing. Um, so, Dave, you want to jump into Kick some Kick us off with some recommendations? All right, I'm breaking the rules a little bit, but I don't care. Um, I'm going to do two beer recommendations. You're a rebel. I know. Um, <laughs> the first one's going to be... Oh, the reason why I'm doing two is because the first one you can't get anymore. So um, that's not very really fair. But the Moondog Yeasty Boys collaboration, seven peas. Uh, Peated pickled pepper. Pipple, yeah, something, purple, something, something whatever. Um, that, I, I don't know exactly how old it is, but... It's funkified right up, mm. and it was absolutely sublime. So if anybody has mm. that they're sitting on, drink it and enjoy it. Do you have any left? I've got one left. Yes. I also have one left, uh, so it's good to know it's holding up. Um, it's enhanced. It's if, not holding up. If anyone knows any bottle stores that have any, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, hit us up because uh, maybe do it as a direct message so no one else sees. That'd be good. <laughs> Keep it on the download because yeah. there's some undiscovered bottle stores that are keeping some interesting beers um, around the country, so because yeah, it was absolutely magnificent. Um, so you and the one, yeah, that's the one that, and then the one you can actually get. Uh, we went to the launch of the Mornington Pale Ale can, uh, and that was excellent. We should say great for experience. Transparency's sake, because it's a big thing with bloggers at the moment. Uh, that yeah, we were okay. invited by, you know, it was a free event uh, invited by Mornington to go to the launch mm. to see how it went. And uh, yeah, it's really good. Mm. I'm not doing it, I'm not giving him a shout out because I got free stuff, it was just because it was awesome. Um, and probably, I'd reckon it's probably the best canned Australian beer at the moment. Oh, be cool. I would be probably cool. agree. Um, they are also- He's making it. I'm making, I'm, I stand by it, yeah. <laughs> you were nodding, Hendo, are you? I, 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 I'm, I love the Mornington Pale, but I still, my favourite still Mountain Goat Summer. Yeah, Mountain okay. Goat Summer is really good, yeah. They are undecided on what their next run will be of, of cans. I um, tried to push the Imperial Amber, and mm. I don't think I was taken very seriously. Yeah. Mm. Even an IPA would be pretty fun. Yeah, mm. I reckon. Uh, Mornington IPA in a can. Wouldn't yeah. that be good? There's something. I'd drink the hell out of that. AG? <laughs> if you're listening. If you're listening. Um, Strong endorsement from us. What do you got, Luke? My beer recommendation is one you can't actually get in Australia at the moment, but you will be able to drink it during Good Beer Week at the Yeasty Boys pop-up bar that's mm -hmm. happening at Catfish. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty psyched for that. Um, we had it last night. It was the Keraru Moonless Stout. Uh, I guess for you Australians, it would be Keraru. Keraru. Oh, okay. Keraru. That is some good beers. Have you, have you tried the Moonless yeah, Stout? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's 4%. It's... Is it a dry stout? Mm, I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. It was fairly dry. I, I don't know style-wise. Yeah. It probably doesn't fit into the dry stout category. Um, but it, yeah, it's the kind of beer that on a summer, on a winter's night I would just drink all night. Um, 4%, you can just smash it. And it's got a lot of malt character. Um, it's just a beautiful beer. And the, kind, the kind of beer I, I really like. So, yeah. Excellent. Sounds good. What about you, Hendo? Uh, Beer-wise, uh, I will call out a new one that I had uh, initially up in Bruce Vegas last Sunday at um, Curbside for the Craft Beer Alley Festival they had. Uh, Bridge Road, uh, the oh, – I can't remember the name. It's in Italian, but it's the Bergamotto <laughs> IPA. It's non-something limon or something. Hang on, I've probably got a I just know it as the Bergamotto IPA. So even if we know the name, are we going to be able to pronounce it and not make a fool of ourselves? 
Yeah, but that's half the point. Yeah, okay, um, non, <laughs> so what's the... Oh, you got it? Okay. Non, è, non è un limone? Yeah. Awesome. I think it means it's that not a lemon. Accent? Not so a lemon. That's the collab that uh, Ben did uh, with Leonardo from Beard of Waldo. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I never... Well, Bergamotto's in like uh, Earl Grey tea, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. And I love Earl Grey tea, mm. so I guess that's why I've really... You know, that one really... Got my attention. That. Yeah, awesome. it was a, a really good one. I had it right after um, a beer that stuck around with me that was very sweet yesterday, and I couldn't really taste it that much afterwards. So I know, I know Emma, our producer, had it, and she really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if they're going to bottle it, but if they do, keep an eye Game on. Mm. Uh, Dave, what do you what got? To, oh, yeah, non-beer. non-beer. Well, I'm giving my non-beer recommendation to the Wonder Snack Company because all of their little snacks are... So good. So they're so good. Melbourne based. I, I think you can get them only in Melbourne at the moment. No, no. If you look at their website, um, there's a couple of uh, South Australian and New South Welsh stockists, Great. but they're um, they're predominantly in Melbourne, and they've got a range of four little uh, packaged snacks that centre around like a little nut mix, and they sort of make their own um, like caramelising stuff to um, to set it. And bourbon ones. Or something yeah, like I had the uh, bourbon and bacon popcorn. And that, wow. that is a snack. It's got a little, I think that's about a 100 gram bag that they have. Or it might be still be 60 because it's popcorn, it's a lot more um, than the nuts. But I just sort of decided that I'll just, it's a resealable bag, so I'll just have half gone. All of them, they were just <laughs> gone almost straight away. Um, uh, yeah, Where did you get it? Well, I got it from Grape and Grain in Moorabbin, but there's a couple of like bottle shops now. I think Slow Beer has it as well. Yeah. So um, mm. if you see them, grab them because it's so delicious. Um, that I love, there's one called the kamikaze nut mix, it's like a sweet but spicy mm. um, mix of nuts and so good. Mm. And I'm glad they're only 60 gram uh, <laughs> servings because I just want to put them on my face straight away as soon as I get them. <laughs> I haven't tried them yet. I've oh man, I've tried them. so good. Next week, um, I guess we could give a shout out to the Carnivores Ball that's happening next week, which is Burger Mary's big meat festival. I'm pretty sure they're doing the snacks at the start. Awesome. Um, You'll and, enjoy. And Rockwell yeah. and Sons Fried Chicken is the <laughs> oh, second dear. course. Yeah. Um, man, I love fried chicken. Uh, so my recommendation is sort of part of our cold opening. Um, I went and saw The Raid 2. That's the sequel to The Raid, in case you haven't, <laughs> haven't guessed. In case you're um, Which is idiot. Dis- distributed by uh, Madman, um, a company we quite like here for some reasons. Yeah. And it's a Indonesian martial arts movie um, directed by a Welshman, and it is... Complete chaos. Is it in English or is it subtitles? Uh, subtitles. Um, f- the plot is very secondary. This one is quite different to the Raid 1. Um, the Raid 1 is basically a bunch of guys go into a warehouse and have to fight another bunch of guys for an hour and a half, which is awesome. This one they've tried to make it a bit more of a story-driven one. It drags on at times. I'm not going to lie. The story gets a little bit confusing. Um, but then action. But some of that, oh, man. S- s- I can't put into words some of those is things. Is it like... Fighting or is it fighting, gunplay? There's gunplay. There's car chases involved in fighting and gunplay. So if you weapons. can't, if you can't, there's hammer, hammer play. play. Oh a, if you can't put into words the action, why don't you have a go at making up a word that might do it? I, I'd just use redonkulous, which is probably <laughs> a, a word <laughs> okay. that people have used before. Um, I, I guess to give an idea, the when the car chase, one of the car chases happened, when it finished, you heard the entire cinema. Breathe out. <laughs> <And> go, <laughs> <That's>... <sighs> uh, 
And then everyone just clapped. That's <laughs> and then following that, there's probably my two favorite fight scenes of any movie. And I, I like a martial arts movie. I've seen quite a few. I don't think I've seen better fights than these two. And they were back to back. So with that experience of the car chase finishing, would you recommend people see it at the cinema? Was that the best way to get yeah, the experience? Yeah, see it at the cinema. Okay. Because um, you get this giant, awesome martial arts frenzy hmm. um, that goes for two and a half hours or something. So it is quite long. Where did you see it? When? Where? Oh, where? I saw it at Melbourne Central. Um, that was actually a, a freebie from Madman. So thanks to them, full disclosure. Um, so yeah, Melbourne Central. So giant screen, giant sound effects. Giant everything. And yeah. I went to go see it again. Unfortunately, there was a technical hitch uh, oh. yesterday. <laughs> but that's how good it was that I wanted to just go see it straight away. That's awesome. Mm. Brilliant. Raid 2. I'm just going to go home and try and download it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Don't, don't download movies, people. This vodka is really watery, by the way. Isn't it? I know. <laughs> Oh, it might be water. Oh, yeah. Disappointing. That's what happens when you're running out of beer, isn't it? Yeah. I have to call out something non-beer, don't I? Yes, yep. do it. Uh, I'm going to call out, f- well, food-wise, it is kind of, uh, well, you're going to drink beer when you go there, but uh, Brother Burger and the Marvellous Brew. Mm. Uh, uh, what suburb is it? I'm near to Melbourne. Fitzroy? Is it Fitzroy? Yeah. Brunswick Street, isn't it? Oh, yeah, down Brun- Brunswick yeah, Street. Yeah, up the sort of top end towards you get to, before you get to Victoria. Oh, no, it's uh, Alexandra Parade or whatever it is up mm-hmm. there. In that sort of area. In yeah. that area. <clears throat> um, though, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, mate of mine I used to work with in IT company a few years ago over in Perth. Um, you know, he, he's a regular there. And um, we just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just good. I took my, my mum was in town for my birthday in February. And I took my mum there and she just loved it. And it was, it's just, the burgers are just mm. to die for. And they consistently have a really interesting and strong tap list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're fans of it. We've they're also going to be pouring Big Geek Rage Quit. So oh, new full disclosure, IPL. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we've ended up there a few times. You know, after a couple of beers somewhere else, and it's just like I just want to sit at the bar, drink a burger. Exactly, Matt and the crew are great. Really um, you know, the services the service is good. The food's brilliant. I love how you can just sit there and watch them prepare the yeah. food right in front of you. Yeah. And they almost um, always have one of Doc's beers on as well. Yeah, from um, Doctor's Orders. Which yep. is not something that happens a lot in Melbourne. That's right. Somewhere that always has something by Doc. But that's refreshing because he's always making cracking yep. beers. Good tunes. Hmm. Good one. Good recommendation. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, I, w- I mentioned to you guys just before we started recording that I wanted to give some shout outs. Uh, first one to Turo Bar. Uh, we had Tiff on two episodes ago now. And they are opening this Thursday, the 4th of... Sorry, I've just made eyes to our producer so she can look it up for us. <laughs> but it is Thursday, though. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, when... when Whatever the date is. I think Two Rows going to be um, a real game changer mm. in the craft beer bar scene mm. in Melbourne. I'm really looking forward to it, you know. I'm looking forward to some grilled cheese. Okay, I am correct. It's Thursday the 4th of April. Um, they're, yeah, really excited to see that. Mm. So good work, Chris and Tiff, for, for getting that up and running. What was the other shout-out you were looking uh, at? The um, Sydney bar, you're opening up there, um, good friends of ours. Our producers just <laughs> said to us... The confirmation was wrong. Think that of that. Thursday's oh, the third. So what are you doing out there? What I mean, like, this? while we're on air, she has really, like, little to do. So you'd think the few things that, that she is going to do is going to be accurate, but alas, it is not. What are we paying you for? A little bit She's of not even oh, making eye contact. She's yeah, ignoring us. Yeah. Standing at the back, back and relax. <laughs> Wave us away. Third <laughs> um, of April, yeah. All right. And the other one, um, it's just opened uh, friends, friends of ours, 
Willie and Adrian. Uh, is it Cramer? 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 It's the suburb that it's in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Cramer, Cramer, Sydney. So, uh, Pop Zone on tap. Zone they on did. Tap. They yep. were very good to support Brookholt uh, mm. at the opening. They actually had Hop Zone and Keep on Trucking on tap on their opening oh, nice. day. Awesome. So that's great. Um, the, the huge food, thanks. The to... food there looks fantastic as well. So um, I'm really excited to head along there, and, and good luck to those guys. Uh, the other shout out we should probably mention our Twitter. Handles we were yeah. If you want to point out any gross inaccuracies that we've done in the show, you can get me at MelDave on Twitter, and you can get Luke at Ale of a Time or one word, um, and also at Pouring and Melb for all your Melbourne tap updates. And Is that you? Yeah, you did yeah. you know that? No. Oh, okay, that's me. Yeah, yeah. nice job. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> and if you drink a brew cold beer and you get immediate feedback because you're not drinking your fresh one, that'll be from at Sir Hendo. Yep. Uh, yeah, you, or you sometimes will you if, will I, if, come from the if I want to get the, uh, the yeah, so Sir Hendo is my Twitter handle and Instagram um, as well. Um, I like I'd mostly just do funny shit on Instagram. You know, um, the um, Brew Cult is the sort of commercial my yep. alter ego, so to speak, but I still run it personally. Um, that's probably going to be the one that politely asks where you got the beer if I think that it's stale. But if I know you and you're drinking a fucking stale IPA, you're going to cop one from Sir Hendo. <laughs> you know. And that's just at, at Brewcult, is that right? At Brewcult, yep. Great. Um, what's your website? Brewcult.com. It's shite. But nice go there. Easy. You can buy T-shirts. I've got the um, the the Big Eat Rage Quit T-shirts. Uh, on. So I've only got like 20 uh, of them, exclusive. They, they are they, they're rare as hen's teeth, and if you want to wear that gorgeous man Matt Hoffman on your chest, mm. um, go pick one up. And I've got like the standard black brew cult shirt as well. Great. Uh, should plug my Good Beer Week event, the tea and beer experience. Uh, we're finalising the menu at the moment. It's pretty exciting. If even if you're not a vegetarian, you, you'll be missing out on some some pretty out there um, beer and tea. Or tea, co- tea infused cocktails served with a beer on the side. So yeah, and also just get along to Storm in a Teacup on Smith Street. They're they're really interesting place. They do really interesting tea, tea cocktails, and and good food. Very good, lovely. Um, and your one is happening Tuesday, as we mentioned earlier. That's right. Yeah, ch- uh, Tuesday twentieth of May day event. Um, it's one pm till three pm. Um, tickets are on goodbeerweek.com. Uh, um, it's 30 bucks, I think, is the event. It's cheap. Hmm. You know, you're paying 30 bucks, and I'm going to feed you stale IPA. But we're going to have some side-by-side. So I hope to have the production schedule for May written up so we can have some really baby, baby hop zone hmm. alongside I'm intentionally um, staling some hop zone from August last year. So it's been sitting in the brewery all summer, 40 degrees plus. It's going to taste like shit. <laughs> Um, but we're going to have that side by side and it is an extreme experiment, um, but an ed- educational one and it's just going to be a lot of fun too. Cool. So you can go along to that one, spend a few more hours on Smith Street and then wander down to mine. Yeah. Sounds like a good day That's out it. to me. Yeah. And also when you have uh, pepper steak porter, you can pat me on the back. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That was um, your idea. You want to come brew it? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Come brew it. Done. Excellent. Uh, cool. Anything else, anyone? I think we're done here. All right. See you all in two weeks. Uh, hey everyone, we just realised we forgot to uh, pre or introduce the short interview we did with Nat from Kaiju, formerly Monster Mash. He's talking a little bit about their Good Beer Week event as well. All right. Uh, so we're here with Nat from Kaiju, formerly known as Monster Mash. Uh, 
Uh, Nat, do you want to tell us a little bit about your Good Beer Week event coming up? Uh, so we have uh, beer and board games uh, evenings. I think there's two of them. Uh, and basically we're doing that because we're nerds and we play board games and D&D and all that crap. So are they going to be nerdy board games or are they going to be board games for everyone? They're going to be nerdy board games, but they'll be the kind of nerdy board game that you can learn pretty quickly. There may be some more for, well, some, some others that are for people who maybe are a bit more experienced in board gaming, but um, I, a lot of these really nerdy games, it's just like a nerdy theme, but the actual game is pretty simple, so, yeah. And so your beers are going to be uh, pouring at the event, they're going to be themed for the event, or how's that going to work? We'll just be pouring our beers. It's just a matter of drinking awesome beer and playing awesome games, awesome. nerding out. That's great then, Nat. Now, we've just found out that your uh, Gab's beer is going to be a US-style barley wine with a bit of honey. Do you want to take us through that? It's actually changed oh, since it? then, yes. Well, how about the exclusive comes through a little time here? Well, it's going to be a uh, double, some people said triple, a triple Cascadian black ale. So I wanted to say that because I didn't want to say black IPA. <laughs> Because it's an oxymoron. So it's it's going to be about 11%. It's going to be really, really, really hoppy, but also really black. And uh, it's not going to be one of those black IPAs that you go, if you closed your eyes and you went, oh, I could be drinking an IPA, and then you look at it and go, it's black. No, it's, this is going to be quite astringent, quite malty. It's, it's, it's going to be really in your face. And that's kind of like our other beers, really. Sounds pretty uh, pretty exciting. You recently changed your name. I think we should probably mention that because it's still pretty fresh in everyone's minds. How's the uh, new name going? People uh, always ask why we had to change it. And we say copyright. Um, and so people go, oh, yeah, because of the song. But we say, no, because of Monster Energy Drink. And everyone just gets this puzzled look on their face because there's, like, I didn't know that you could own parts of the English language. But apparently you can't still, but you know, as a small company with not a lot of free cash, we can't just go, oh, yeah, let's, let's pay some lawyers to, um, to defend us in court or something like that. So basically they realise that they can just go, well, these guys aren't going to do anything. Let's crush that, nip it in the bud before it even begins, you know, which... Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, Kaiju Big Battle? Well, I... It, does it involve Gamera and Godzilla and Mothra or something like that? Slightly. It's a, uh, I think it's an art project from America where they dress up as monsters and then wrestle uh, as if they were the monsters. It's kind of like LARPing, like live-action role-playing. Yeah. Well, I think it's like a show. I don't know. Uh, maybe 2015 Good Beer Week, Kaiju Big Battle, <laughs> Kaiju Beer. Well, it's one of the things, actually, we've been aiming to do is get an um, actual Kaiju suit for beer festivals and have someone wandering around in his big retarded Godzilla suit. We've both been yeah. spoken about um, the art of the festival and I think that would enhance it a lot and yeah. make your yeah. really I, a difference. Yeah. Well, I guess we better do it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more exciting than, a, as I always say, trestle tables and pale ales, monster suits and barley wines or Absolutely. Cascadian dark ales. That's, uh... yeah. And you wrestle Godzilla and if you beat him, you get some beer for free. That's... Yeah. That is happening in 2015, yeah. I'm not promising that, but... <laughs>